0: Well hello everyone and welcome to GG in the 561. I'm Pam Barker. Thanks for being at my podcast with me today. Pull up a chair, grab that libation. You know what to do. All you have to do is listen. I do all the work, but I have some help today because I have a guest. Hi Gary. Hello Pam. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Okay, You know, first day of summer and all that business, but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about some birthdays, Uh, and not yours, and not mine. No. You just had yours a little bit ago, and I still have mine to come. But let's talk about some famous birthdays that just happened in a big way. Brian Wilson and Paul McCartney both had big birthdays.
1: I understand. I know uh, Paul just turned 80, Mm -hmm. and what about Brian? Same. They both turned 80. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, the cool thing, I think, is that both of them are still working and still busy. Brian Wilson is actually on tour, and there are still tickets available for his summer tour right now. And he's 80. I think mean, it's fantastic. Um, Kind of like
1: Mick Jagger's still out there doing his thing.
0: Yeah, the difference though is Mick I don't think has ever really stopped and Brian did for a number of years. And so, but um, how cool is that? And they had lots of people chiming in on their birthdays, both of them, uh, different celebrities, um, wishing them them well, uh, wishing them happy birthday for Brian. Uh, Elton John, who said, I think he was in Denmark, <laughs> but he was sending Wilson. greetings to um, to Brian Wilson. Smokey Robinson, Bob Dylan, who sang, I believe, an acoustic version of Happy Birthday to Brian Wilson. from Paul McCartney, they both got tons of birthday wishes, but for Paul, I thought it was kind of cool that uh, y- Yoko, Ringo, Sean Ono Lennon, and Julian mm-hmm. Lennon, all chimed in uh with sean oh no Lennon, singing uh, an acoustic version of here there and everywhere to you, to paul
1: and you know one thing there's a connection there too because paul mccartney recently i think he was asked what he thought the greatest song uh you know ever written and he he credited brian wilson's uh you know god only knows
0: as, oh is that right as
1: he thinks was the greatest song and
0: uh, I missed that story. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to admit, the, the, the Beatles were influenced by a lot of American musicians. They have said so. And I think the Beach Boys probably were right there uh, at the top of the heap. But why I brought you in today, thank you very much, by the way. Um, you and I talking about concerts and Brian still... Just still touring, and and, um, people are out there touring in the summer. It's the big, big tour season for musicians. But for the past few years, you and I are really selective when, I mean, like, really selective when it comes to going to see a live show. And and I grant you, they're fun, and there's nothing like the the, uh, experience of a live show, although sometimes the quality is better on (laughs) the canned version than the the performer live but we're really selective about about concerts that we go to.
1: Well we are uh, for sure you know of course COVID changed everything for for concert going but even long before that uh, you know we maybe and probably one of the main reasons is that at one point in our lives we went to
0: a lot of concerts we did we went to concerts many in one given week so as a
1: matter of fact it was suddenly not just a fun thing it was a job
0: it was your job and not only were you covering the the music scene but you also did a lot of photography to go along with that, so my, my point really, and I want to elaborate on on those years. But I think what people don't understand, even when they talk to you about the greatness of that having that kind of job, is, and and yes, um, no, I, I won't dispute that, but it's also work. It's a it's a job, and so. It, to me, I've thought about it so much with people like, why don't you go? Why don't you go? And you know, kind of stick in the mud, so, you know I guess. but it's it's like when people spend their entire life uh, going into a, a a job of of whatever kind that job could be. And and suddenly, you don't you're not doing that anymore. And that is not what you want to do for entertainment. You don't want to go back and into that realm and, and do hang out in that, in, that, in that place. Again, because that was your job and it was work. And so you move on <laughs> to something else.
1: Yeah, you feel a little sense of burnout. And, mm-hmm. and uh, just to backtrack a little bit, my job was rock music critic, uh, writer for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And I did that for a little over five years, mm-hmm. uh, in, mostly in the 70s. Yeah. and
0: you did freelance for some other magazines. I did. I
1: did. Um, I did uh, freelance for a magazine called Performance, and there were a couple of other uh, titles I, did, I worked for. Right. Uh, but it was. It was great. It was interesting. It was fun. But you're right. It's a job, and mm-hmm. you know people say oh that must have been so cool yeah it was cool but think about um, for example i'm in the front row at led zeppelin and i have to put a story in the paper the next day i'm at Tarrant county convention center and of course it's an amazing conference with led zeppelin and then as they go into the encore i've got to get up leave find a telephone in the convention center dictate a story from the top of my head, on the telephone to a reporter back at the paper. uh, And then when I get back to the paper, I have to go in the darkroom and develop the photos I took Mm -hmm. that will go with the story. Because they didn't assign a photographer, I had to be the photographer.
0: Right.
1: So, uh, yeah, it's also
0: work. (laughs) It is work. And these were not the days where you had the instant... Photos that you could just snap and send you could not be typing at your at your chair Capturing all of it as it happened and and sending it. It was a it was a whole different thing and uh, imagine standing In a convention center where the acoustics are horrendous when you're out in the in the areas where the payphones are and Trying to write without even seeing really what it looks like as you when you were typing you can read as you can look at it you can't even do that when you're doing it verbally so yeah talk about work and and, yeah and i got to go i was nothing but a tag along (laughs) so i got to meet all the, the, the the great people that you interviewed and go to all the great concerts but you know we also i also had a job that i had to go to the next day as well so yeah, it's a it's something that I don't think people understand. So now, it has to be something we really, really want to do, or we're just bored. <laughs> and and there really
1: is uh, something to be said for being at the concert. I oh, mean, for sure. you know, the electricity, the mm-hmm. everybody, you know, together holding up the lighters and mm-hmm. yelling and knowing the song. Sometimes you sing along. Right. Uh, you know, there's just an atmosphere there, of course, that can't be duplicated any other way. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, as you remember some of the early shows, dodging Frisbees. Uh, which I would always, as you
0: <laughs> very well, I would always be the one to get hit with the Frisbee.
1: And they were flying from the upper deck mm-hmm. all over the place. And yeah. no matter if you were had eyes in the back of your head, you, you risk getting
0: hit. Yeah, you, you really did. You got to know some interesting people, too, in the industry, and that was also fun. Some of the, you know, the record people, because uh, they're doing PR for the, for the artist, and some of, some of them were very, very cool. A lot of really cool women were doing PR at that time for record labels, and they were just really smart, savvy women who got stuff done. They took care of business with these artists. And behind the scenes, backstage is not glamorous. I mean, we, because we spent time backstage, and it isn't glamorous. It's, a, it's, it's hectic, and trying to corral people for you to, mm-hmm. to interview. Um, it, it's, um, it's different, I think, than what than some people probably. And now, don't get me wrong. It was fun. Had a blast. Loved every every minute of it wouldn't trade it for anything but it's not always what you think and and I think that's what just really prompted this with the with the birthdays of these two absolutely iconic uh, figures in the industry made me want to do this podcast with you because you you interviewed some amazing people and you wrote about amazing concerts because it was the heyday of all the groups were touring it was that's why we would go to so many in one week in a weekend and uh, well
1: that was the interesting thing too because uh, you know what started out as a part-time thing became a full-time thing covering rock music because when they built the convention center in Fort Worth uh, it became a it was a 14,000 seat venue you know a very very uh, modern venue And a lot of the uh, acts I found out from talking with them, uh, they wanted to start their tours in Fort Worth because they thought it was a good place to kind of shake down the tour and it was a a friendly, welcoming audience for the most part. Mm -hmm. And it it just got things off on the right start. So because of that, you saw a lot of the big acts uh, come through Fort Worth. Uh, 1972, we saw Elton John. In the uh, little 3,000-seat Tarrant County Theater. Yeah. Uh, He's up there in his overalls, uh, you know, singing a song for you. This was uh,
0: way before uh, your song. Your song, Uh, right, your song. This was way before the flamboyant costuming came out. But, wow, what a show. What a show it was.
1: And then, of course, fast forward a few years and... uh, Here's one of the most important tours, anticipated tours in the whole world. Paul McCartney and Wings Over America starts in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah. And uh, you know, from what you you uh, you heard, Paul came in early because he loved cowboys and loved all that Texas stuff, and um, came in to ride horses and absorb some of that. Him and Linda, and that became. Probably the uh, biggest show I ever covered. Uh, we went, as you know, went backstage and met Paul, and were one of the first to do an interview. And uh, extremely personable, mm-hmm. very very nice guy. Yeah, uh, was he proved to be a great interview. And what was thrilling for me is that not only to write the story for the Star Telegram, but to write the national story for Associated Press. Yeah,
0: that was it. Th-
1: and that was quite an honor. And um, yeah, like I said, it turned out to be the biggest concert I guess I uh, ever covered.
0: I do want to interject here for just a second and s- tell the listeners that you and I were quite young at that time. So <laughs> <laughs> very <laughs> let, young. Let's just interject that. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it was a, we were. I mean, it's like starry-eyedness of, wow, we're, you know, th- these people were not that long ago twirling 40 on oh no, a 45 in, in my bedroom you know so listening to the to the radio to the you know hoping I could tape a song from the, <laughs> <laughs> the radio in my bedroom kind of thing and here we were you know I mean
1: so well we certainly had that in common as we grew up we both love music mm-hmm. and uh, you had you had a big music collection yeah. I had. Pardon me, I had a, a big music collection yeah. of 45s, and yeah. uh, reel-to-reel recorders, and uh, so it...
0: See, you were so much fancier than I, because I just had the little mini, the little mini... <laughs> mini tape, <laughs> Mini <mini-tape>, the little <laughs> mini reels, you know, it's like, you had the whole studio style, I just, you know, with this little crummy little microphone, you know, so, but it, it uh, you know, it, it did the trick, but... Um, the, the some of the concerts were, and people were, it, uh, it was just, it was just fun, and, and these, what you, what you come away with from that, or what I did, is these people are really just people who, when we met, uh, Ann Murray, when we were hanging out with Dan Murray, uh, she was, not one bit concerned about talking about her latest projects and so she 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 was in Dallas uh, at that time, wanting to buy an electric kettle to make tea. You know, it's like I have to have an electric kettle. It's like I don't want to talk about your music. But these people were uh, really really fun people for the most part. Most of the time they were down to earth. Things weren't arrogant at all. So what? Who, are in your the top tier? Would you, if you have one, of of those of those times in those groups.
1: Well, uh, you know, besides McCartney, I know another very memorable uh, time was we were we were big personal fans of Three Dog Night, mm-hmm. and always a lot enjoyed their concert. Well before I became a writer. or oh,
0: before we even knew each other, we were yeah singers. yeah.
1: And uh, so after I became a writer, they uh, scheduled a show at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. And we were, uh, after the, we went to the show and it was fabulous. But the next day we were invited uh, to a party with Three Dog Night at the uh, Gordon McLendon Ranch outside of Dallas. And we got on a bus with a lot of other people and went to the ranch and spent the day with Three Dog Night. And I ended up playing doubles tennis <laughs>
0: with him. You did. <clears throat> with Three Dog Knives, The photos. Yeah,
1: you got the photos. It was,
0: And it was really fun because I also met Chill Wills. People look him up. Um, and he, he wore the the white suit and the whole bit. But he was, he was, it wasn't really too long before he passed away after that. But he was just the coolest actor, character a- actor. And I, I loved meeting him at the Three Dog Night yeah. party. I thought that was pretty <laughs> fun.
1: And then, uh, you know, other memorable times were, um, you know, being one of the, I guess, one of the last people to ever interview Jim Croce. He appeared at the Music Mill Theater at Six Flags, Mm -hmm. and I interviewed him there. Uh, Very, very, again, very nice guy, down to earth. Uh, Had a great interview, and then the shock of two weeks later, he's died in a plane crash. Uh, so that that was certainly very memorable
0: Yeah.
1: and then the uh, meeting share in right. Dallas right. and I think you're were, you were with me for that
0: I'm not well, like I said I fully own that <laughs> I was nothing but a tag-along a useless tag-along um, yeah that was that was really fun for me because I, we sat in a, one of these uh, half moon style booths with her at a, at a really darkened place in Dallas it's a very very cool place and uh, Chaga just like we were all friends and again really she was very dressed down she looked great but she was dressed uh, you know pretty pretty quietly and we talked about our sons our son and by that time we had had a child and she had had Elijah with uh, Greg Allman and we talked about about them and she just we just chatted like we we knew each other all along very very easy to talk to it was very fun and there was the the little bonus of that night
1: yes where she was at that time dating uh gene simmons of kiss yeah and uh, he was across the room Mm -hmm. uh looking very dapper yeah by the way in a beautiful suit
0: he did he looked really (laughs) good but mm, you know he, uh, we saw him, that was the first time we saw him without the kiss makeup, and he was trying to be very low-key, because mm-hmm. I'm sure now that wouldn't happen with everyone having their phones and cameras and stuff, but uh, no one bothered him or anything. He just was kind of having a drink, and uh, be, and you were very respectful of that and did not take his picture, and you could have, you had your camera, <clears throat> but without his, without his kiss makeup. So, that was kind
1: of cool. Probably another uh, memorable time was uh, flying out to California for the Sgt. Pepper movie Mm -hmm. uh, opening and getting to interview the Bee Gees. Yeah. And then spending the weekend out there, uh, really in the Los Angeles music scene. Yeah. Where I ended up going to uh, Electra Asylum, had their annual picnic in Malibu and... So, we ended up going out there with the record people.
0: Yeah, because that's a record company.
1: Right, it? yeah, record company, and saw uh, Jackson Brown playing softball, and I think he was a pitcher. Uh, but hanging out with Mackenzie Phillips and all, you know, stars that were just there for the picnic. Yeah, just,
0: just just really hanging out.
1: But the other one, too, I wanted to mention is that several years, fast forward after I had left rock music and was doing other things um, had the opportunity because our son was a big fan of Nine Inch
0: Nails
1: (laughs) and of course at that time I had kind of lost track of some of these new groups but I knew who they were and they were coming to town and so I kind of got the brainstorm of hey why don't we do a father-son review and Brandon and I'll go out to the uh, concert and he'll do his review, and I'll do mine. And so they thought it was a, a fun idea. We went to Nine Inch Nails, and we both had to call our story in <laughs> on the telephone. And he did a really nice job of reviewing that concert. And they put our reviews side by side in the paper, and uh, that was kind of
0: special. I think it said, like, son, like father, I think was yeah. the, the headline they used on that. Yeah, we met some some really really spectacular people. Olivia Newton John could not have been nicer. She was just soft-spoken and, and kind. And then it was kind of fun because just a few years ago we w- were able to to meet her again. And, yes. And that was that was a, a really fun a really fun thing.
1: Toward the the end of. Uh... Uh, when I was writing about concerts, uh, I, I got to see Elvis Presley, uh, just one of his last shows there in Fort Worth. And he was still the showman, he was. but you know, I he was, of course, put on a lot of weight, yeah. and uh, some of that, you know, that uh, showmanship had kind of run its course yeah. and was getting a little dated. And <clears throat> I really was. I gave it a pretty positive review, but I said a few negative things. <coughs> Pardon me, and I got some uh, hate mail.
0: Yeah, well, that's that goes with the territory. And uh, again, you got to see iconic people, not just rock people, but people like Tony Bennett, for example, um, through the through different venues that that you got to cover. So it was a it was a pretty pretty interesting time. I mean Ginger we could, Rogers. We could uh, Ginger Rogers. We could really we could go on and on I, I don't know what else you want to add but um, i know how i kind of want to wrap it up if you have anything else that was meaningful to you i want to hear it
1: well like you said you there's lots you could talk about but uh, it was a, a special time in my career i got to do the things i love i got to write i got to write about music I got to review albums thousands of albums yeah. Uh, that yeah, that came through, and um, so it was very special, and uh, I was, look back on it fondly.
0: We still have some of the vinyls, I'm looking at them over there, we, uh, we culled it down to not that many, but we have, we do have a bit, it was, you know, it was unbelievable, I wish we had photos of our, of, of our LP library at that time. Not to mention
1: the chest we have with backstage passes all over. That's
0: right. Very cool. <laughs> if only we had all of them. I mean, all the little memorabilia grand funk th- things coming out of the ceiling. And we kept those <laughs> drumsticks, you know. I mean. Yeah, we did catch a <laughs> drumstick from mm-hmm. the grand
1: funk concert. That's right. <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, so many legendary rock groups that, that you wrote about. But this one is not really, this is a one-hit-wonder story kind of thing, <clears throat> in a way. I want to talk about a little, a little duo called Fat City.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, it was, um, this was when the Moody Blues came to town. And, of course, they were huge, uh, huge group then. And uh, uh, came in several times uh, during my tenure but in this particular time they had an opening act called Fat City and it was a folk singing duo and They it couldn't be more different <laughs> <laughs> than the Moody Blues. And one of my colleagues was supposed to interview, uh, be at the show to interview Fat City after their show and he couldn't make it. So I, uh, we went backstage mm-hmm. and filled in. You know, we kind of learned about it at the last minute. We didn't <laughs> know a lot about Fat City. Yeah. But uh, we, we met them, and they were uh, just a charming couple, Bill and Taffy Danoff. And they uh, were known for performing uh, folk songs at the cellar door in Washington, D.C., where they lived. And also, we found out, they were also known for another song <coughs> that they uh, co-wrote with John Denver yeah. called... Take Me Home Country Roads. <laughs> Take Me Home Country Roads. Yeah.
0: And if you look on the label, you will see Denver, Danoff, and Nievert because Taffy was, uh, before they married, Taffy Nievert in ibe yeah. That's what you will see on the uh, credited for the writers of Take Me Home Country Roads.
1: So it became a very interesting story yeah. that I uh, had in the paper and out of that grew a friendship mm-hmm. that we we uh, Corresponded and and met Bill and Taffy several more times mm-hmm. through the years yeah. as they progressed in their career and eventually became Starland Vocal Band yeah. uh, with another one hit wonder, yeah. Afternoon yeah. Delight. It was. And, uh, they were around several years with, with that group and so uh so yes, that w- that was a very special meeting.
0: I think they got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I need to look this up. Oh,
1: oh, I hope so.
0: For being a one-hit wonder. Oh. I think for for Afternoon Delight. Ah. I think I think uh, we'll look we'll look we'll get back to you people. Yeah, we gotta look that up. Yeah, what was really cool about them? I have I, and I still hold on to them and I protect the privacy of them. I would never share them, <coughs> uh, handwritten, beautifully written notes, uh, letters um, from, from Taffy through the years of what was going on, what they were doing, and talk about their career, and they, they had two daughters, and um, when we met them, they didn't have any, but they had two in the ensuing years. And then when we had our child, just home <coughs> from the hospital, and <coughs> my sister was there, and the doorbell rings, she goes to the door, and she comes in with this huge box, filled with other boxes and an envelope and inside were seven outfits for our new baby and this envelope, it was the cutest card ever, it was an egg on the front cracking and then you open it up and on the, it said welcome, you open it up and this little bird, <laughs> or Gina, whatever was come, duck, was coming out of the egg and it said to the universe, welcome to the universe from, from Bill and And They had money in there for, for Brandon. and. I, it was. I'll never forget that, and the the uh, I still have the two of the outfits that that they sent because they're they're still. As a matter of fact, uh, one of them I photographed our granddaughter in when she was an infant, just for fun. That so. just blew us away. Yeah, completely. <laughs> it was so unexpected. So so unexpected. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, this podcast, cool. and uh, we want to wish Brian and in uh, sir paul many more many more happy birthdays many
1: more many yeah. more thank you for all your entertainment over the years
0: unbelievable contributions to the music scene yes so thanks everyone for listening thanks gary for being here you know you can always find our stuff on Northboundbeachline.com. you can find gary at All Things Cruise, where he writes for travel. Don't forget about checking out our YouTube channel by the same name as NorthPalmBeachLife.com. My books are on Amazon. Don't forget those. Go get them. We appreciate you, don't we?
1: We sure do. Thanks for listening.
0: We appreciate you listening and for being here at GG in the 561. That's me. I'm Pam Barker. Stay with me.